This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. You know, at the top of the year, you know, you've got like hope <laughs> and energy, you know, like it's the slates being wiped clean and now you can do anything. New year, new you. Um, I'm in a much different place today <laughs> than I was at the top of the year. This is Death, Sex, and Money. Thank you, kid. Why here next to me? The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot. It's a matter of money. Hmm? And need to talk about more. Prepare to die. I'm Anna Sale. Back in January, I interviewed Tracy Clayton who writes for BuzzFeed and is the co-host of the podcast Another Round. I wanted to ask her about the long thread of New Year's resolutions she tweeted out for everyone to see. I want to finally take my physical health as seriously as I take my mental health. I want some real fucking grown-up furniture. I want to get my finances in order. I want a decent credit score for once in my life. You can go back to January to find that episode in our feed. This summer, I wanted to check back in with Tracy to hear how it's all been going. Hello, hello. Hi, Tracy. Hi. So I'm curious, when when you got the email that I wanted to know your progress on your 2017 resolutions, Mm -hmm. how'd you feel? My first reaction was, oh, no, because I just assumed that I haven't made very much progress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my second reaction was... um, Okay, because I haven't thought about, like, even as of now, I haven't, like, set and assessed how I've been doing with everything. And I was like, well, it'll it'll be good to actually sit and check in with myself. So this is helpful. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to go through a few line by line and want to hear your thoughts about them. Okay. Um, I, I want to ask you first about, about money. Mm. One of the things we talked about before was your credit score and your new savings account. Uh-huh. How are you feeling about money in 2017? Um, about the same. Um, I haven't, like, sat down and made any focused effort to get my credit score up or to just get a better handle on finances and, like, learn about stuff. And I think that's because so much else has been going on with, like, work and with not work that that's always something that's just, like, a red flag that's in the back of my mind. But it's kind of easy for me to ignore it. (laughs) Yeah. So um, not too much progress there, but something that I have done is I signed up for automatic bill pay on, like, all of my utilities. My life has gotten so much easier just like not having those things to worry about because I never I never remember to pay my bills on time. And it's so funny, though, when 
I I grew up like hearing my grandmother's voice in my head when it comes to money. <laughs> and of course, like when it comes uh-huh. to signing up for something like automatic bill pay where like money is leaving without me necessarily knowing it. I was just like, Mm-mm, they're not getting ready to take money out of my account and me not know it and then not be able to <laughs> pay for dinner later. Like I want to know where like all the money is going. But um, that was it was unrealistic. Like I'm not going to sit down at the top of every month and look at my bills and write out checks. And I should I should be able to do that, but I can't. So finally, I was like, okay, I've had enough of stressing over whether or not this thing has been done. I need all of my energy to go into stressing about other things. And so I signed up for automatic bill pay. And like it was an immediate relief, immediate relief. And it's going great so far. Yeah. Well, it's also like it's it's automatic that you're taking care of business mm-hmm. without having to stress about whether you're taking care of business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you... We talked about taxes, and you said that for this, you, you planned for 2017, for 2017 to be the first year that you, you worked with someone besides your mom to get your taxes filed. Yes. What happened this tax season? Not that. I did not work with someone to get my taxes filed. Um, taxes really stressed me out to the point of, like, not thinking about it until, like, the very last minute. And when I say last minute, I mean I did not meet the deadline, <laughs> but... Um, uh, I don't know. There's just something about like money and like fine, like the word finance and the word like accountant that just like it freaks me out. I think it's a hallmark of being like a full adult, which I don't necessarily feel right now. And it's also comfortable for me to have my mom do my taxes, right? Because I can look at her and be like, Mom, I didn't do my taxes. And she's like, all right, here. But if I go to like a tax accountant and they're just like, okay, why didn't you do this? I can't be like, oh, I was tired. They'd be like, okay, but. (laughs) (laughs) But why didn't you do it, though? Everybody's tired. I'm tired right now, you know. So um, that is one goal that I did not meet. But I'm, I'm okay with that. Did it lead to – my my assumption is that, like, over the last few years, as, as another round has taken off, as your life has changed in New York, I imagine your taxes might look a little different than they did before you moved to New York. Yes. So do you find – are you talking to your mom about the kind of money you're making, or, or is it leading to, to more openness between the two of you about, about what your money looks like? No, not necessarily. And I think that's partially because I just feel like I don't have the language, really, to talk – about money. You know, I I don't even know like what a conversation about that would sound like. Oh, and it's also partly because I make more money than my mother did by the time that she retired. And it just feels weird. You know, it feels very, very strange. I don't know how to, um, I just don't know how to do it. Like, I don't think she would feel bad because, you know, her daughter's making more money than her, also in another part of the world where the cost of living is higher, right? So it makes sense that I should make more money than she did at my age. I hope that my children do too, but I still just don't know how to really talk about it with her. But you know what's odd that I just noticed? I have started having these conversations with my father, huh. and it's a much different vibe. What is it? What's it like? Uh, well, okay, so... A little bit of background information about me and my dad and our relationship. It hasn't always been close. It hasn't always been great. It hasn't been bad. I just didn't grow up with um, with my dad. My dad really likes money. He he thinks about it and he talks about it like somebody who has not had it. And so the last time I was at home, um, I had dinner with my father, lunch with my father. 
And um, since I'm now in a position where I'm thinking about money, I was sort of like, what would happen if I asked him all of my financial questions or at least some of my financial questions? Uh And this is on my mind because he, um, my father is one who does not shy away. Like he's already like getting his will together and talking about beneficiaries and, you know, when the inevitable happens, here's what I got, here's what I want you to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he's so, telling you details about that. Yes. He's being really open. Very, very mm-hmm. open. And if it was my mother talking about, you know, when I die here, my assets, I'd be so upset because I wouldn't want to think about her dying. But with my dad, he was like, okay, here are my assets. And when I die, here's what happens. Like, I know that that means that he loves me and he trusts me and like really, really trusts me as like an adult, you know, not that he's like leaving everything to me or anything, mm-hmm. but just like, you know, this, this is something that is important to me and I'm entrusting it at least partly to you. What was one tip that you got from that conversation from him that you feel like was really helpful? One thing that he said, and the first thing that I remember is to always put at least like a little something away. Like every time you get a check, no matter what you're saving for, no matter where you put it, just like take something and don't spend it. Um, And the way that I related to that is by saying, you know, it's the same advice that I was given when I decided I wanted to be a writer. There was someone, I can't remember who, who was like, you know, no matter what, just write every day, even if it's just a sentence, even if it's a paragraph. If there's something that you care about and there's something that you want to build up, you know, you've got you to gotta stay thinking about it. you got to keep your muscles loose and you have to do it every day. And so um, once I made that connection, I was sort of like, oh, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, and this is something that you care about. You know, you put actual time and energy and effort into it, which is not a thing that I've been doing really. I've just been getting my paychecks and sending them to the bank and that's it. You know, at least I have it. But I haven't really thought about like how to make it work for me or how to make it last. And so as a writer, that was a way that I could really um, connect with what he was saying. Have you have you bought any new furniture? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I redid my little living room. Uh-huh. Um, and it has it's bringing me so much joy. It was just so fun. It was a fun project, and it took me a long time because I knew that I had tried it before and I screwed it up because it's really hard to make a space look nice, you know, because, like, I was like, okay, I want one of those, like, super fancy, like, Ikea living rooms with, like, different textiles and um, playing with neutrals. I don't know, just, like, thinking of all the interior design <laughs> phrases that I knew, which was not a lot. Uh-huh. And, um, like, I actually, I cannot draw, but I actually, like, sketched out the living room as I was, like, thinking about what I wanted where. Um, I had this big complicated spreadsheet of, like, these are the couches that I'm looking at. What are the pros and cons of this couch versus that couch? How much does this couch cost? And took all this into account, and I had a lot of fun, like, playing with colors and color schemes. Like, what do I want to feel when I come home? I got a very bright turquoise velvet couch cover, which was Mm. so, it was, it should not have cost as much as it did. But this was also a really good exercise in investing in me, right? Because I'm so used to not having money to spend. And um, I had to do a lot of talking to myself to let myself know that that was okay. And um, I really had to just like sit myself down and be like, you know what? This is your space. It's, It's important to you being a human out in the world, you know, like once you're done out ripping and running and having all these meetings and spending all this energy, having small talk with people, when you come home after being kind of beat up by the world, you need a soft place to land. And what's softer than a turquoise (laughs) velvet couch cover? (laughs) Coming up, Tracy talks about some things this year that have been harder than she expected, like her 35th birthday. 
30 came and I was like, whatever, I'm okay, I'm still young, I'm confident, everything's fine, 30's not old. And then 35 comes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not married yet, don't have kids, my eggs are shriveling, everything's wrong, this is terrible. And I kind of panicked a little bit. <laughs> We are still getting a lot of emails from you about your student loan debt after our series came out earlier this summer. And now that school is starting back up, it sounds like you could talk about it some more. I've thought about calling you ever since you started talking about student loan debt. There were moments in the episodes that really riled me. What about the parents? I'm sure I signed something without truly understanding it. And that's saying a lot because I have a PhD in literacy. If the repayment is so bad, Who's losing that money? You still have a lot of questions. So we're going to be doing two live call-in shows next week to talk more together about your student loan debt with a special emphasis on what you can do about it. On Tuesday, September 12th and Wednesday, September 13th, you can call in live to talk with me, with each other, and with some experts so we can dig in more about how to evaluate how much a degree is worth and how to organize the debt you already have. These call-in specials are at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and will be broadcast live on the radio on WNYC in New York City at WNYC.org. And we'll stream the whole thing on the Death, Sex, and Money Facebook page. We'll be posting more details as we get closer. If you missed the two-episode series on student loans, you can go back and listen to it in your podcast feed or at DeathSexMoney.org slash student loans. Speaking of recent episodes, we've also been getting a lot of questions from you about the results of Lawrence Bartley's parole hearing after we re-aired our episode with him. His hearing was originally scheduled for August, but it was pushed back to this month. We'll let you know when we hear more. This episode is brought to you by Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he will chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com 
Wondersuite. I'm Shankar Vedantam, here to tell you about a great mystery. That mystery is you. As the host of a podcast called Hidden Brain, I explore big questions about what it means to be human. Questions like, where do our emotions come from? Why do so many of us feel overwhelmed by modern life? How can we better understand the people around us? Discover your hidden brain. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. We have had a lot of exciting new things to share with you about the show recently, but this might be some of our biggest news yet. Death, Sex, and Money is officially going to be live in New York City at the Tribeca Festival on June 11th. And I want to personally invite you to the live taping we'll be doing with the legendary journalist Kara Swisher. If you know Kara's work, you know her ability to get people to tell her things is unmatched. And she does it in her signature hard-charging way. She's not afraid of things getting a little combustible. I have a slightly different interview style, so we're going to talk about that and play around with that in experimental ways that I think will make this a special show unlike any of our other live shows up to this point. And it's not often that I get to do a live Death, Sex, and Money show in New York, so I really hope to see you there. Whether you're in the city, on the East Coast, or just been looking for a reason to visit New York City, come on June 11th for this show. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash Death, Sex, Money. We are so excited to see you there. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. In early June, I saw this tweet from Tracy. I officially have a therapy appointment tomorrow morning. First time back on the couch in years. I'm relieved and terrified. I decided to seek out a therapist when I noticed that it was harder to do my job. It's really weird to love the job that I do, but just not have the energy or the focus to feel like you can do it or do it well. Um, I couldn't feel that anymore when I didn't feel normal anymore. I was like, okay, I need to get into a therapist's office. So um, I did. It was not—it took me about a month, I think, to uh, send the— the first emails that I sent. Um, but I did it. I'm still getting used to it, sort of. It's hard. <laughs> I'm trying to find a really pretty yeah. way to say that it's it's hard and it's been kicking my ass. Um, I had a very, very positive experience the first time around. And um, it was hard for me to understand how therapy could be anything else but a help to people. Um people who said that therapy actually made things worse for them I was like well how is how can that be true but this time around I'm like oh this is why people stop (laughs) is it because this time around somehow it's it's so over emotionally overwhelming that it feels like you're um it's like threatening the ways you usually cope um no I don't think that's it I think this time around uh there's just so much really, really tough work to do because the first time around, um, I didn't really know what anxiety or anxiety disorder was. So that was the big revelation for me the first time, right? was like, Doc, I'm stressed out all the time and I always feel this sense of impending dread and it's really uh, impeding with my ability to have fun. What is it? It's anxiety. What? What's anxiety? And so uh-huh. we have those very base and basic conversations. And at the time, um, that 
was enough for me to um, improve my station in life. Like I was able to say goodbye to some people that weren't really helpful for me. And I was able to figure out how to find extra energy to get up and go outside sometimes. But now it's like the things that I'm dealing with are catching up with a lot of the really, really, really big changes that have occurred in the last two years or so that I haven't really thought about or dealt with. Something that my therapist told me, which both um, helped and kind of stressed me out, was um, she said, oh, so I was asking her, I was like, you know what, it just feels like I'm now feeling all of my problems at once, where before I was able to like kind of put them all in a box and maybe deal with them one at a time if I dealt with them at all. And she was like, yeah, that was a survival mechanism because when... um, when we are intelligent, she did say I was smart. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> she was like, you know, uh, when that when that happens, you know, your brain recognizes that you can't deal with all that stuff. And so it protects you by allowing you to sort of not deal with it or to ignore it and just put everything in a box. And so now you're feeling everything at once because now your brain trusts you and knows that you're strong enough to deal with all the stuff that you haven't been dealing with. And that was cool because it was like, oh, man, my brain thinks that I'm ready. Yeah. But then it was like, but can it keep some of the problems, though? Thanks, brain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what kind of jerk would be like, oh, <laughs> here's every problem in the world. Like, I have the ability to just, like, give you maybe two or three. But I'm no, nah, I'm just going to give them all to you. It's, it's kind of striking talking to you um, now versus the start of the year. Because at the start of the year, the season of, like, making lists of all the ways that we're going to improve our lives and the things that we're going to do differently and all the things we have control over and agency over and are going to fix. And it seems like today I'm catching you in a moment where it's less of a list of all the things that you want to, you know, reimagine about your life and instead, like, being in your life. Mm. And looking at the things you can control and the things that you can't control. Yeah, I've not thought about it that way before now, but this makes a lot of sense. And it also makes sense that this would be, um, I mean, this, I do wonder that if I was not in therapy right now, like, is this the way that I would sort of look at everything? Because at the top of the year, I don't think I was as conscious of the way that my life had changed just like structurally in the past two years. I do think it's accurate to say that I am I'm working on accepting things that I can't change, which I've never been good at. Yeah. Will you tell me about Fortnite? Oh, my gosh. Fortnite is has been like the greatest joy of my life in the past couple of months. Um, uh-huh. Uh, I was just having a tough day. Um, I've had a lot of tough days. And then on this particular day, I just got fed up. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I need something to look forward to. And so I just decided, you know, like my business on this night was to go home and make a fort. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, where did that idea come from? I used to make forts all the time. Like just... uh, just like a little fort of feelings. I've made forts in the office when I was, uh, when I've had like super tough times. Um, oh. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate making it through this week, through this day, through this month, through this life, through this next breath, whatever. And when I get home, I'm going to make a fort. And then I was like, you know what? Everybody should make a fort with me. Had no idea that so many people were going to be like, <laughs> yeah, let's make a fort. <laughs> Don't y'all got jobs? What's wrong with y'all? What are you doing? <laughs> but, um, 
uh, I had a really terrible name for the <laughs> for the occasion. It was like National Self Care Fort Day or something terrible like that. And then Linda Holmes of um, NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. Hey, girl. She was like, Tracy, uh-huh. you can call it a fortnight. It's like, it's such a better name, first of all. <laughs> it made me feel really, really good to know that my crappy day um, helped to brighten someone else's day. Yeah. And we're going to, I'm going to try to do one maybe every month. Some people suggested actual fortnights. Uh, and then once I learned that that was every two weeks, I was like, nah, <laughs> it's kind of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe monthly (laughs) fortnights will happen. (laughs) That's Tracy Clayton. Find her podcast, Another Round, in your podcast feed. And she's on Twitter at Brokey McPoverty. If you want to build a fort with her, follow her and look for the hashtag Fortnite to find out when she's organizing the next one. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I'm based at the Center for Investigative Reporting in Emeryville, California. Our team includes Katie Bishop, Annabelle Bacon, Emily Botine, and Andrew Dunn. Thanks to Northwest College in Powell, Wyoming, for their help on this episode. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death, Sex, Money. And remember, look for our live call-in September 12th and 13th. We're going to talk more about your student debt. Another one of Tracy's 2017 resolutions was meet a chicken. And she did. There's a video of her interviewing chickens on our website at deathsexmoney.org. Those chickens were actually Melissa Harris Perry's chickens. <laughs> Melissa Harris Perry has built her chickens an apartment <laughs> in her backyard. <laughs> the apartment has a chandelier <laughs> and a water cooler. I'm not making any of this up. A fort, if you will. A fort. Yes. It was a chicken fort. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.